we're back. Hello, hello, hello. It's been a minute, hasn't it? <laughs> it's been a while. Um, I guess we're both responsible. I mean, life happens, bro. <laughs> <laughs> life happens. I got corona and uh, was out for about two weeks. And before I was in the hospital, <laughs> before then you were in the hospital and you weren't doing so well. And coincidentally, that is what we shall talk about today yes. because you very generously offered to speak about these things. Yes, I'm going to expose myself. Um, so, yeah, I was in the hospital like for like a day or two, um, more specifically a mental health hospital. Um, I had a mental health breakdown. Um, and yeah, I just needed some time to recover. Um, my experience in Berlin hasn't been the easiest. That's probably the nicest way I can say this. And it's presented a lot of challenges. And um, I'm a person who is diagnosed with a few disorders. Um, at first, I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety um, back in 2017. Then I was diagnosed with ADHD in 2020. And then recently bipolar in 2021. So you can only imagine that it is a big adjustment for me. Um, and this is something that I've always struggled with managing um and of course you know there's good days and bad days um and it's something that i typically have to keep in mind whenever i move to a new place but to be fair i kind of was just slacking all my mental health care um so moving here all of the challenges that are presented you know i think just was just very overwhelming for me um and i had a specific occurrence um wait before you talk about the specific occurrence it's first of all i think it's really good that you're willing to talk about all of this stuff publicly because i i think you're obviously not the only one experiencing these things and it's also really interesting because you didn't mention much of any of this at least to me and you were um i, I guess my question is like did you prepare in any way when you came here um, because yeah i can only imagine i mean coming to berlin uh from another country is hard either way and then i can just imagine how a lot of the smaller and bigger things that went wrong kind of compounded for you and led to this uh, incident i think you called it or this this breakdown that you had did you prepare in any way or if not would you do anything differently next time if you move to a different country? Yeah, so um, to answer your first point, yeah, I didn't talk about this at all. I really don't like to talk about like mental health because, I mean, like, you know, there's always the stigma and, like, you know, especially, like, in the workforce. Like, I'm, I was always a person who it can be considered high functioning. Um, and I really never liked my mental health to be a weakness. Um, and the more I'm realizing it, it's not a weakness. It's just something about me that I have to deal with. Um, so in the sense of preparation... I mean, like, it's really hard, like, mental health is not this, like, cookie cutter, like, l l like black and white type of thing. Um, mm -hmm. So when you, like, you talk about preparation and stuff, I mean, I would say that I prepared in the way that I would prepare, but maybe looking back or, like, looking at it from a different perspective, that might not be preparation at all. Um, I didn't, you know, I wasn't really taking my medication as I probably should. Um, 
but I was doing more like mindful things. Like I was doing like meditation, sometimes doing most things I like kind of do spiritually. Um, cause for me, the medication wasn't like, I didn't want to be a crutch and it didn't really help all that much. Um, so I didn't really know what else I needed to prepare. Cause a lot of times it's hard because like, especially when you have like episodes, you don't predict the episodes. So you don't really know how to prepare and what to prepare for. And keep in mind that like, I'm already preparing for a thousand other things coming here. So mental health is just another that's a Pandora's box of its own. So that's another thousand things. So that's 2,000 things I'm trying to prepare for and coming here. And it's just hard to really balance that um, all. And, you know, like people don't really, are, are like at least my mindset was like, people aren't going to always understand. So it's better if I can just, you know, deal with it myself and I'll get through it always. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very hard, I, I would say, to like specifically prepare. Um, however, in the future, I do think I need to prioritize my mental health a little bit more. Um, and whether that means actually finding help or actually just taking things easier, um, something definitely probably needs to be done, I think, just in the long run of things. I mean, even if I, which I am, um, me staying here or if for some reason I'm let, moved to another place, I think prioritizing my mental health definitely has to be, I think, a bigger agenda on my plate. Mm -hmm. Okay, so tell us about what happened specifically. Um, So um, this uh, was like maybe a month ago now, but like basically a Friday, it was a Friday, like started the weekend, I was out at a bar um, and it was like a bar that was like on the lake and I accidentally, I was about to leave the bar because I'm responsible. I like to go home, you know, early. Um, I dropped my phone. And of course, there's a lot of people. It's dark. So my friend, like, is trying to help me find my phone. And we can't find it. So I assume that it fell through the cracks into the ocean. Or not the ocean, the river. Um, so I'm like, oh, crap. I guess I'm just going to go home. And, you know, I have a backup phone. So no biggie. Well, yeah, it was a big deal. It's my iPhone. But, like, it'll be okay, right? So then I get home, I'm on my iPad, I look up, find my phone, and I see that my phone is moving. So lo and behold, it was like stolen. So that was already very stressful for me, um, that my phone, which is a new phone, got stolen. It had my ID, you know, my debit card, my metal card, um, and <laughs> <laughs> my um, and my like gym membership, right? So I was just stressed out from that. So like that was just already on my mind. So then the next day, um, I go to like another event, and that night, um, I'm leaving the event, and I um, order a ride share. Um, however, I did not. Um, when I had lost my phone in my wallet, I canceled my card. When I ordered this ride share, I did not realize that I canceled my card. And when I canceled my card, it defaulted my payment to cash. So it told the driver that I was going to be paying at the end of the ride in cash, which I've never known a online ride share app to do that. I'm used to like Uber and stuff where you only welcome pay to with Germany. Card. Yes, welcome cash to- is still <laughs> cash is the still way to thing. go. It is. Um, so when I get to my location, he's like, where's the cash? And I'm like, I don't have cash. And I'm like, I'm like, like, and it all clicks to me. And I'm like, oh, crap. And I'm like, I'm sorry. And like, he was like yelling at me, like, like, like basically not letting me leave. He was like, you have to go to the ATM right now or whatnot. I'm like, there's no one close to them. I'm not going to go with you. You're yelling at me. I'm like, if anything, I can go into my apartment 
at my phone, at my wallet, at my new card or a different card to my account, solve it that way, even report me like, like to the app. I don't mind. Like I'm not trying to not pay, but I'm not also going to sit here and let you yell at me and be aggressive. So he literally gets out of his seat and blocks my exit from getting out. So I don't know how, but I ended up like pushing past him and I'm like on the sidewalk and he grabs my arm and then like, I'm trying to pull away. So then I finally pull in and he grabs my backpack. This is a new backpack too. So that was messed up. Um, <laughs> So then, like, like I finally get inside, and, like, he was, like, yelling at me, like, even to the point where, like, people outside were, like, watching um, and stuff. And then, like, I get in, and I don't know, like, I just, like, I just broke down after that because I'm just, like, it's not the first incident. You know, I had the racist incident that happened, like, a few weeks before then. Um, my phone got stolen or whatnot, and I was just, like, I'm doing everything right. I'm trying to do everything right. Why is all of this stuff happening to me now? Like, why was he so mean to me? You know, like, like I've never had someone be aggressive with me ever in my life. And that was just the, the straw that broke the camel's back that just kind of allowed just me just to, like, just to break down essentially mm -hmm. thankfully my roommate was here so he called the ambulance um the ambulance came and got me and they just put me into the hospital for a day or two then my parents flew in from the u.s to be with me for a week um just to make sure i know i was good and stuff but yeah that, i mean that was my first time ever being hospitalized i've, I've had episodes before but never to that extreme um so yeah it was a fucking lot. And I'll be honest, I mean, um, Manuel and I were supposed to record this episode last week. And I was like, if we record this now, I have nothing positive to say. Not mm -hmm. one positive thing to say. Cause I like, was like, no, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <Yeah>. Gain some <laughs> perspective, please. <laughs> no, no. I mean, not like, you know, I, I told you back then, I, I, there's something to be said about toxic positivity. I don't want this to be filtered in any way or yeah. for you to paint a prettier <laughs> picture than... It actually presented itself, but also, I mean, I know you and I know that with perspective, you see like a little bit of positive in everything. And I kind of wanted to hear that perspective as well. Exactly. Um, oh, and then after that, yeah, I got sick. So I was quarantining for another three weeks. So yeah, it was just, just not a, not a great month. June was say. crap. June was horrible. Like I'm not even going to sugarcoat. June was the worst month I've had in my year so far. <laughs> um, but it was nice. I did take a step back and I was able to get perspective on it and stuff. Um, I was able to get a doctor. I'm able to get on medication for my bipolar. Can't get treated for my other illnesses just yet. We have to take things step by step. And I'm kind of been slowing down and stuff. And I realized a lot of what... Um, I was doing wrong, you know, like while that guy was the straw that broke the camel's back, it was still a very internal conflict that um, I was going through and mm -hmm. something that like I've been evaluating for myself of things that I would redo if I did this all again. Um, one, always have to keep in mind your mental health, always have to keep in mind your mental health, whether you have a diagnosis or not, but especially if you have a diagnosis, keep that in mind, you know, like I try to live life like everyone else, but like, I mean, it's a disability. So like, I have to keep that in mind sometimes that I can't do everything that everyone else can do. Um, no matter how much I believe it is, I need to take some, you know, breaks. Um, so with that um, intention, I realized, you know, that maybe these 
past few months, I think I've been going way too hard on everything. Um, yeah, and honestly, I mean, I even even without knowing any of your backstory, it just felt like you were racing, like you were doing all of these things, starting all of these projects. Every time I met you, you were like, oh, and I'm going to this event and I'm doing this and I also started this and also here's my new business idea and like just a million things at once. And I was just like, wow, this is a lot that you're kind of taking on. Yes, and I will, I'm not going to blame everything on mental health, but I will attribute that a lot to being ADHD and also bipolar. Um, mm. Those illnesses really get you going, um, which is really cool because I'm very creative, but also I don't know my limits. Um, mm. And that's something that like I definitely learned. And unfortunately, a lot of times I've experienced that I only know my limits whenever I crash, which is not the most healthiest thing. Um, mm. And it's really challenging, you know, because it takes a lot of time to understand that. And with every place that you move to, you have to relearn that, you know, you have to re, um, reestablish your boundaries, reestablish your routine, you know, refigure everything out. Um, and yeah, I went way, way, way too hard. And also, I didn't tell anybody about my background or my conditions or whatnot. So no one knew anything no, no one knew. Yeah, that 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 this was probably not the best idea for me. You know, yeah. um, and that was something that I think that also was just like came into play too of like communicating um, these types of things. You know, so I realize now that like it's okay for me to take things slow. Like my one message for this entire episode would be to take things slow. You know, like. I guess I got so nervous with like making sure that everything was right when I got here, you know, making sure I had a place to stay, making sure it was a perfect place to stay, making sure I had my ammo done, making sure I had my registration, making sure I had my job, making sure I had my insurance, making sure I had all these things set in stone that like subconsciously, like it was very anxious, you know, and on top of that, you know, make sure I have a personal life here as well. Doing that, I might, I haven't even been here for three months yet, yeah. you know? Yeah. You've been doing a lot and you do have that kind of urge for everything to be perfect and perfectly prepared, which I very much sympathize with. But I think if you're overdoing it, it's just a little dangerous. It is very dangerous. And it's one of those things where, like like I said, like I'll go back to you, a lot of times you don't know until you reach your limit. And like, I would say like, like when it comes to like practical advice, um, I think it's important to learn to prioritize and learn to kind of be honest with yourself. And I will also be aware that's not the most easiest thing to do, especially if you don't really know what to prioritize or what to be honest uh, or like what to do. But like something that I wish I had told myself is that it's okay if not everything works out ideally. You know, like yes. I'll just use a small example of just the place that I'm living right now. Um, it is above average on prices to live, but it has been stressing me out that I am living in a place that is above average. I'm like, oh my gosh, I messed up. I made the wrong decision. My conscience is telling me it's okay. If you have to stay here and pay a little bit more, that's okay. But you did Absolutely. your best, you know, yeah. and I think that's something that's very important too. like going back to what you said, Manuel, about like just perfectionism, 
I suffer from that a lot. I suffer from perfectionism, always trying to be perfect. And this was no difference of a case. Um, and a lot of times you just need good enough, you know, good enough is okay. Even just okay yeah. is okay. But like, I think that's something that you should kind of prepare yourself for before you come here, just so you kind of are able to face reality a little bit more realistically, you know? Totally. Yeah. Those are good tips. Let's let's talk about some some resources and some concrete things that are available in Berlin and in Germany. And before we do, I have can I ask you how did that experience go of like calling the ambulance because I mean everybody knows you can call the ambulance if I don't know, you you break a leg or <laughs> something happens physically. But if you're having a mental health breakdown or a crisis um, and you're calling the ambulance, like, how does that, how did that go? What was the process? How did it feel, I guess? Um, yeah, what's, what's the experience when you're calling an ambulance because you're in a crisis? Um, to be fair, like, I was out of it, out mm -hmm. of it. Um, I was unconscious. Like I was not aware. So my roommate ended up doing it and he said that he just called them and just told them the incident. Um, but I think it was also the capacity of like, or just the circumstances. Um, I'll let you decide if you want to keep this in or not. But like, I was literally hitting myself. So I was like oh, self-abusing myself. Um mm -hmm. And I mean, I was a, like, my roommate couldn't stop me, you know? So it's, it's like, I'm, I'm a harm to myself at that point. Um, so in that capacity, I think he just read the signs like, okay. And my mom was like, can you please call someone to get him? Um, and I think he just called it and then they just came and picked me up. Um, and that was it. It was, I would say rather simple. I mean, like, of course the experience there was still traumatizing, but like, I had gotten sent to one hospital, realized that the hospital wasn't a part of like the address of where I was registered at. So they took me to another hospital and then that took a second. And then they finally got me a room and stuff, which honestly, like the process was, some people say they have bad experiences with hospitals and stuff. But I mean, like for me personally, I had a like fine experience. Like I said, once I was kind of out of it, um, but like, I don't have anything to complain about. Like I was one very grateful, did not receive a bell. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> Universal Healthcare. Mm -hmm. Um, and like everyone was like at least very helpful, you know. Like I didn't feel like I was kind of like alone in the process. So like I I would if I ever had an incident like this again, I would feel okay, you know, calling the ambulance again. Mm -hmm. I think that answered your question. Yeah, yeah. That's good to know. So some other resources that I know about, um, maybe, you know, if you're not at the point where you're calling an ambulance or going to a hospital. Um, and I was talking about this or touching on this on the Easy German podcast recently and got some pushback in terms of um, how many resources there are in Germany and in Berlin. And it is like absolutely true that um, there is a huge uh, scarcity of therapists and it's a big problem and many people are waiting way too long for 
uh, therapy uh, spot. But um, there are a lot of kind of resources, at least short-term resources, uh, one of which is uh, these crisis hotlines, and there's several. Um, and I will link to a page called berliner-notruf.de where there's several uh, crisis lines also kind of focusing on different groups of people and different topics. Um, and then some of these crisis lines are run by the Berliner Krisendienst. And this is a group um, that tries to help people who are in a crisis. And they not only run these phone numbers, but they also have spaces in Berlin where you can actually go if you're in a crisis. And they have uh, at least the one in Mitte um, is actually open, I think, until until midnight or 10 p.m., um, rather late. And you can, if you're in a crisis, go there and talk to someone. And then they can also refer you, for example, to a hospital or um, at least in the case of Mitte, um, they can actually walk you over because it's actually attached to a hospital and they can say, hey, you know, if you want, we'll walk you over to the hospital right now. Um, so it's a really good resource and um, I think it's really great that we have that. There's a ton of really negative um, reviews on Google. Uh, so maybe it's a little bit hit and miss who you meet there. And I think maybe there's some people who... I don't know, aren't as empathic as they could be. But I was there once with someone and had a really positive experience and thought it was really helpful. Those are really great resources. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it is scarce, but I mean, like, it's good that there at least are resources. You know, I think this is the positivity side of things. Not everything is perfect, but, you know, it is nice to have that. And sometimes, some of your resources just being your friends and being the support systems that you have are great you know like i mean manuel your support kari's support friend support like my coworker's support has been really helpful you know being able to talk to my family has also just been really helpful and stuff um so like i i know some people don't like to always open up to the people that are close to them but like if you generally have a good relationship with those close to you you know People love you. People do care about you. So remember that, like, you're not doing them a disservice by opening up and doing, like, and sharing what's going on with you for them. Too. No, quite the opposite. I think for many people, it's really hard to be supportive if if they feel like you don't want to talk about it or, you know, you'd rather not talk about it. Mm -hmm. But if you're, by you being open, it makes it, so much easier to just say, hey, you know, I'm here if you want to talk or if there's something I can help you with. Exactly. Yeah. The other thing I was going to mention is regarding therapy. So, yes, there is a big problem with scarcity, um, but there's a good website called psych-info.de, psych-info.de, where you can... Um, search for uh, therapists and try to find therapists. And you can filter by language that they speak, which is uh, really helpful, I think. And you can also check if they, um, if they work for the regular public health insurances or only private health insurances. 
Um, and yeah, it is kind of depressing because you start calling these uh, people and one by one they will say that they don't have any spots. And it's a little bit weird, the system, because there's actually a law in in Germany or yeah, some, some kind of law or rule that they actually have to offer you a initial session or like an initial three sessions. So it's actually pretty easy to get like an initial session um, also for someone to just kind of give you a diagnosis or if not a diagnosis, like a, a recommendation that you should take therapy, which also then enables the your health insurance to pay for it. So that is actually pretty easy. If you start calling people, they will often offer you these initial sessions, but they will tell you right from the beginning, I don't have any spots afterwards. Like even if, you know, it works out, I won't be able to keep being your therapist because I'm fully booked. So that's the frustrating part. But I would say if you're looking for um, therapy, there's no like good website, like with regular doctors, you can go to Yameda or Dr. Lip and search for doctors and just book an appointment online. I don't think that's really possible with therapists. So you unfortunately have to like call them one by one. <laughs> um, but I would just start doing that and basically try to find one that hopefully will have some spots for you. But also I will add to this. Um, if you can't do that, that's okay. Because one of the things I've avoided doing that because my God, is it exhausting to call people and keep getting I told know. no. Um, so if you are with somebody who is struggling, just understand that it is not easy for them to find help, <laughs> professional help. Um, it is very such so, such such a challenge. Like the person that I'm going to is only for psychiatry, and my next appointment is not till the end of August. Um, yeah. So it's it's, it's it is um, a struggle. But one thing that did come to my mind, and this is not for everybody. This won't apply to everybody, but like for me, I am still an American and I technically am still under my parents' insurance in America. So if you're in a situation like me, you can technically, you know, still utilize any online services in your native country if that is an option for you. Um, so yeah. always just consider that for food for thought. That's a good tip. And can I just say, I 100% agree that the system is terrible because going through that list and calling everybody and then being either like most of these people you can't even reach because they just have an answering machine and they say you can reach me by phone during this one specific hour once per week um, that's when I'll try to pick up the phone and then like you take a note and you try during that hour and then it's just uh, busy the whole time yes. <laughs> it's super super frustrating and then there should be some better system where you just go to your health insurance and say hey look i i'm looking for a therapist and this is where i live and they just put you on some some kind of waiting list within a radius of five kilometers or whatever and then just give you a ring once a spot becomes available like that doesn't sound like it should be too hard to accomplish Which, and it's so necessary tk actually i want to say they actually do have that feature they have um, yeah tk has some kind of service that can also help so that's like another good tip like call your health insurance as well and ask for their support or their resources or whatever they can do um, in addition to just calling therapists yourself yes but i mean 
if there's no better option to you than this, um, and I think especially if you're looking for um, therapy not in German, but in English or some other language, then especially you probably won't get around just calling people from this list. Um, but I would say in terms of, you know, asking your friends for help, like as someone who's not suffering any mental health issues, but who knows many people who do and wants to be supportive and wants to be a good friend and wants, you know, to help in, in any way, it's often really frustrating how little you can do. And this is something that I can do, for example. So if, you know, I, I guess my tip would just be if you have friends and they're telling you, hey, if there's anything I can do, you know, tell them, hey, I, I really need a therapy Uh, a spot in therapy but it's really really difficult can you help me go through this list and call these people and make a note of when they're available and leave a voice message like this is something that i think your friends can help with and they'll likely be happy if they can help in some small way yes ask for help i'm learning that now <laughs> that is my weakness if i ask for help yeah <laughs> Do what I don't do enough. <laughs> yeah. um, but thank you for that, Manuel. I think that's great, great advice. Um, something else that I would also add is like um, find expat groups and also people who are like-minded. Now, where do you find them? Facebook groups, um, meetups. I mean, you have to just trial and error. But I do think that like when you are able to find people who relate to you a little bit, it kind of does make it a little bit easier. Like the possible that I was in deal with other like had other people who were kind of struggling with the same things that I was dealing with and just being with them for like a quick second was really nice and really grounding because mm -hmm. it also reminded me that like you know I'm not alone you know a lot of times yeah while you have the help of everyone else you're still sometimes in my situation I'm always the only person who is like dealing with a certain thing you know so it's really um beneficial you know to be around people who you know understand what you're going through whether that is understanding that you're just new here and you're moving here and it's very daunting or if you do have the same like mental health um disabilities or whatnot but like there is some accountability that has to go on to you and i'm realizing that as well you know like if i want to have better peace of mind i have to put in I have to prioritize those things you know I have to prioritize my health I have to you know make conscious decisions is it better for me to do this versus go out and drink or whatnot when I could be using this time to find do something that's more healthier you know um it takes a little bit of responsibility which I know is not always easy but once again don't put too much pressure on yourself and have compassion Yeah, I think I've talked about compassion before in a previous episode, but it's very big to have compassion for yourself. Last question I'm interested in is how how much do you feel like mental health and depression is a taboo in Germany versus the United States? Because from my from what I've heard many times and experienced a little bit. Um, There are some countries where these topics are super taboo still. For example, Japan, it's like unheard of to share 
the things that you just shared about your life in any public way or even with your family. Um, and there's a huge stigma still associated with all of this. And then the US is kind of at the other end of the spectrum. I mean, at least maybe the coasts of the US where it's like super open and everybody talks about having a therapist and it's just like normal. And then Germany is somewhere in the middle, probably closer to the US where it's pretty open, but still not really something that you talk much about at work or with your not-so-close friends or sometimes even with your parents. Um, do you have any insight so far? I've realized the latter of what you just said. Um, of like, once I start talking to people, I start realizing it. Like, on the surface, no. But to be fair, on the surface, not in America as well. I mean, you might see like a few posts here and there, And you might have people like, also, I was in college. So in school, obviously, people are more likely to talk about those types of things. But like, normally, I was still always one of the only people in my environment who was dealing with it. And like, for my family, they didn't realize it was something until they got to a point where it was something, you know. Um, but here in Germany, like, Because, like, now I've been open, I think other people have been like, oh, yes, or, oh, I know someone else who has it. And I'm like, oh, wait, wow, so many people actually do have it. But it's, it's something that, like, I've had to, I think, either initiate or, like, purposely, like, look out for. But it is there. It's just, like, I have to, there's some conscious effort that goes into it. Yeah. For sure. Berlin yeah. is probably one of the more open cities when it comes to all of yes, this. Yes. And that's another reason why I'm kind of glad to be here in that sense. So, like, I feel validated, you know, here. Mm -hmm. like, 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 I don't feel too, like, like out of it, you know, because that's, like, the most scariest part. It's, like, if you're in an environment where people really don't believe in it or they don't really care, they're not going to actually, like, follow up or whatnot. But it seems like people here, like, like, you can find people here, you know, at least. 